love letters and writing notes to employees and customers from Kirkland High Tech Research and Extension Schools. Thank you for coming to Waters to offer some useful and delicious experience for everyone. Thank you for making it free. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the spring. Those of you that are here in person and those of you that are with us online, uh, we're really excited to have you uh, joining us this morning. Happy Father's Day to those of you that uh, are fathers. And uh, yeah, we're just really excited to, uh, to be together uh, again, online and in person this Sunday. So if you want to uh, join with us as we begin and sing, and we are, are joining together uh, all across the, the city, and, and it's pretty cool to have people here and online and us be able to still join together and sing together and, and be together via the internet. So, uh, so yeah, so if you would uh, stand as you are able, we will begin and uh, sing.
you're saying when you see this, what you're doing is what um, a blessing it is to worship with you all today. I feel it through Kristen. It's so nice to see your faces, and I highly love that you're joining us this day. Um, I have just a couple of things that I'm going to lift up in prayer, um, if you all will um, just pray for these things. First of all, Parker's grandmother is in the hospital and just needs her prayers of healing and I think that they're intubating her today, is that right? Um, just with lots of different complications of what's going on. So pray for this darling and, and illness and that's Parker's grandmother. I also ask that you pray for my grandmother. I, I sent this out earlier this week. She fell and broke her hip and had hip surgery and so just pray for her healing as well. Um, those are things that I know well here. Um, yesterday, I do want to share with you, yesterday um, we did a graveside service uh, for Lorraine Miller and her sister Naomi. In July, we're going to have her actual celebration of life here at the church, and so we'll let you know more about that. But it was a blessing to gather with Lorraine's family. She was a pillar of this community and was a minister for years. Um, but with those things, will you all pray with me this morning? Good and gracious God, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you have given us this day. Help us, Lord, where we are stumbling, where we are hurting, where we are weak, that you would be with us. And Lord, we ask that you remind us of your great love and the mercy that you have for each and every one of us. For you were the one that taught us how to pray the Lord's Prayer by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. And um, I'm reading <clears throat> from the NIV version, and I'd uh, like for you to follow along here with me. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to in inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same way, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, who came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to the man and begged, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine. Then he put on the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn to take care of him. The next day he went and took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look out for him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, <clears throat> the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is 
the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, as you've poured out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, we ask that you bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts to be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today we are talking about the Good Samaritan. And it actually follows the scripture that we had last week, uh, talking about what you're supposed to do is love your neighbors and how God uh, has commanded this, to love him with everything we've got and to love our neighbors. And in Luke, the story goes on where it describes what this Good Samaritan is like. And it's something in our um, day and age, we, we all kind of know Good Samaritan means somebody who helps somebody out in need, right? Even in our own town here in Excelsior Springs, there's the Good Samaritan Center, which helps out people in need, right? And so I actually want to tell you a story as we uh, get started. It's a true story. It happened a few years ago, and maybe you remember this, about um, a softball girl. Her name was Sarah, and she was, I think it was the University of Oregon, and she, for the first time in her life, hit a home run. There were two other um, runners on base, and for the first time in her long career of softball, this her senior year, she hit a home run. And she starts running down to first base. Nobody knows what's going on. And as she gets down to first base, she sort of misses the bag. She goes back to tag it, and then she collapses. Just her knee just completely gives out. Now here it is, they're in the playoffs, and she had hit a home run. And those runs would push them on. But here's the thing. She couldn't move. If any of her players um, tried to help her from her own team, um, she'd be out. Because that's the rules of softball. They could put in a pinch runner for her, but it wouldn't be a home run anymore. She would just be at first base. And so she's laying there in complete pain and there's panic from her teammates. Then... Two girls from another team who saw her in need hailed her, picked her up, and helped her walk to every single base, touching it until she got to home. Pretty incredible, right? Not only is that an incredible story, um, the implication of it is even more incredible that the girls who did that, that helped that other player from the other team, their team lost out with her final run when she touched home plate. And they were out of the playoffs. But it was the right thing to do. I, I think about this. It, it just it gets me in the feels every time I, I talk about this story. You know, sacrificing uh, something for somebody else that means so much to you, but knowing that you need to help someone else. And that's what these two girls did that, that helped Sarah that day. And, you know, as we talk about the Good Samaritan, this is, this is it. This is what we're supposed to be like. It's an awesome story. And today we're talking about what Jesus described to us, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, it's, it's really important for us to understand the context of this, okay? It's important for us to understand that the context is of the Samaritans and the Jewish people. They did not like each other. They weren't just from opposing teams. They had this long history of not liking each other. Um, in fact, I think it's in 2 Kings, uh, when the Samaritans were overcome, or Assyria comes, and um, so they are, are tried to be made into 
Jewish people of Christ, but they teach sort of their own ways. And they don't see uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem as the temple to go to and to pray at. And so they have this divide, even though they're the same, there's enough of this division in them that they don't like each other. Uh, Jewish people thought that they were not worthy, thought that they were um, not doing what God had asked them to do. And the, it's helpful for us to understand that in this story, the man who falls to these robbers is a Jewish man, okay? We need to remember this. He's a Jewish man, and yet the priest and the Levite were officials in the church, in the temple, who were involved with worship. So they would have been headed from Jericho to Jerusalem, to the temple, to do things in worship. And here's this other Jewish man who falls into these robbers and is laying there almost dead. The Samaritan was an outsider. The priest and the Levite were this Jewish man who had fallen with his own people. Now, the Samaritans, they were descended from Jews, and they had intermarried um, with people who had settled in Israel. They had created their own place of worship, and they were of mixed descent. And the Jewish people saw them as an offshoot, right? They were of mixed descent. They would have had racial prejudice against them from India's way. And quite possibly, <clears throat> even prejudice from the man who had fallen to these robbers. But this journey, this 17-mile road from Jericho to Jerusalem, it changed history's life in this passage. So the expectation, I think we should... We need to understand this. The expectation is that the Jewish people would help their Jewish friends. I want you to think about this in your mind. You would help someone that you know, right? That's the expectation of this. But he lies there, and they cross to the other side of the road. They cross to the other side of the road, and it's not important anymore. These people that could have offered him aid, could have given him whatever he needed, left him. And this is important because here's a group that's striving in this parent of this school during this time, during this time talking about neighbor. What does it mean to be a neighbor? So think about in our life, and here in 2020, who are our neighbors? Well, physically, people that live near us, right? Those people would be considered our neighbors. Um, who, are, who is uh, somebody that, that we can help? Somebody who is in need in our community? Well, and that's, that's something else that we need to look at as well. What is it that God wants us to do with this parable? He's showing us that the people who should have helped, who had every reason to help, who have every right to help, who are a part of his own community, turned their back on this man, and the person who was the outcast, who was the enemy, was the one who was the hero of the story, the Samaritan. You know, we look at our world right now, and it is easy for us to love our neighbors that are like us. 
we love people who are like us. That's just natural to who we are. If we only love, though, the people who are like us, we are not doing what God has commanded, is to love our neighbors as ourselves. And our neighbor, and Jesus describes this, is not just the one who looks like us, who acts like us, who worships the same Christ and the same things as us. Our neighbor, Jesus describes, is everyone, even those who we would consider an enemy. Those are our neighbors. It's easy for us to love people who love us. It's harder still to love those that we are enemies of, that we don't agree with, that we don't like. You know, in our world right now, there's so much divide. There's so much um, divide over so many different things. Um, you know, whether or not to wear a mask, that's a divide, right? I mean, who would have thought a year ago that we would be arguing about that? But that is a thing. And not only that, but whether or not um, things should be open or closed or, or what should happen here. Or it is crazy, the divide that we have created among ourselves. But we have got to listen to Jesus' words here. That's not what life is about. We are not to divide one another. But we need to look for what we have in common. What do we have in common that we can share and that we can do as neighbors? These religious members of the society in Jesus' story all shared it. And the man who's the outcast of society is the hero. Jesus in typical fashion says, woe to all these society outcasts. Woe to us, to us. So look at our society today. Is it the homeless person who is put to death that we should help when we see him on the side of the road? Is it a person um, who is completely different than we are, lives differently, acts differently, does things differently? How do we um, show that these people are our neighbors? How do we show mercy? Well, there's lots of ways that we can show mercy. There are lots of ways. The Samaritan woman, we can help. You know, I was thinking about it. One way of showing mercy uh, to someone else is to not gossip about them. Sometimes we hate it when people say that. You know, you got a good story about somebody. Not gossiping about them is a way of showing mercy. Showing mercy by pay, maybe paying a bill to a stranger who's hard pressed at times. Showing mercy is releasing someone from a debt that they owe to you. Showing mercy can be forgiving someone when they've offended you. Showing mercy is understanding that even though you may not agree with the other person, that you don't have to prove them wrong. Showing mercy is when we go out of our way to help others. Showing mercy when someone is different than us and recognizing that they are just as important to God as we are. You know, I think that the world right now could have this understanding 
what Haiti is supposed to be and who it isn't. Maybe we didn't fight so much. Maybe showing mercy in that if somebody wants to wear a mask, you let them. And if somebody doesn't, you don't get angry. Showing mercy that if somebody um, wants to protest their rights, that you may not understand it, but you accept it and you don't have to argue about a right that you do not understand. Showing mercy is what God wants us to do with our neighbors every single day. Because God has shown us mercy when we have fallen short, when we haven't done the right thing, when we have messed up. God loves us anyway and shows us and gives us that opportunity. So here's the challenge then, is to show mercy to your neighbor. You don't have to prove yourself right. I know that's hard to do, but you don't have to prove yourself right in this situation. Showing mercy, maybe by not commenting something hateful on social media. What do you think about that? Showing mercy. That's what we are supposed to do to our neighbors. People who are different than us. People who grew up different. Just like the Samaritans really different than the Jewish people. But they could show each other mercy and they could be neighbors with one another. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. And what's so funny about that and what we need to understand about that is that when Jesus says this, it, it sort of blows everything out of the water. You see this, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the priests and the Levite and all those people in the, in the parable, um, they, they lived by the letter of the law. They wanted to do what God wanted them to do. They wanted to follow the rules. And in following the rules, they, it was more important to them to go to the temple than it was to help somebody. And Jesus turns it upside down and he says, no, 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 no. Loving your neighbor is more important. Loving those who are different than you. Loving each other no matter what. And it's exciting for us because it gives us this hope that life can be different and that we can be the ones who can change it too. We can make it better. To love your neighbor and show mercy. And that's my challenge for you this week, to look for opportunities to show mercy. Maybe it's forgiving somebody. Maybe it's helping somebody out um, who had a decline child. Maybe it's not saying that hateful thing on social media. Not any of those. I know none of you do that. Those other people. But you need to show mercy to that kind of person. You know, in our own community, we have the Good Samaritan Center, which is this fabulous organization that helps people in need. And they do it not because they're trying to get something out of it, but because of the cause of Christ in the world. I love that our church has partnered along with them so many times uh, to raise money, to get food, we have volunteers there, we've done all of these things. Look for opportunities, even in our own community, to be that good Samaritan. Will you pray with me this morning? Dear and gracious God, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to show mercy to those who are around us, to give that love, unconditional love, to those who may be different than us. 
We ask these things in your awesome name we pray. Amen.
with us tonight. And we're going to have worship. We're excited uh, to have our worship band here with us. And actually, I don't know if you, you, you don't know unless you're here with us in worship, but Brent, he's the head honcho, is back there uh, celebrating his very first Father's Day, which is super exciting. Um, he's also pretty sassy today. We've all noticed on that. But we're glad that um, you all are here this day, and we ask that you help um, continue administering the things of our church through your tithes and your offerings. If you're here in person, we're not going to be passing the plate. The plates are at the back as you leave. Um, if you're online, we've got some different ways uh, for you to, to tithe this day. You can go to esmethodist.com and tithe there. Uh, you can mail it in, or if you're just bored and want to get out, which is this is where most of our tithes come from, people will come and drop them off at the drop box, uh, which is door number two. So we invite you to do those things and to give as God has first given to you.
blessing has been to have you all worship here with us today. Hopefully you've got great plans for Father's Day and to celebrate all the men in your life. Um, my dad called me last night to make sure that I bring my baseball glove because he wants to play catch with me today. So that's my plan for this afternoon. And I hope that you guys all get to celebrate all the wonderful men in your life. So go forth from this place. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us in worship online and here in person. And we ask that you just have a blessed day and to show mercy to all those in your life. Amen. from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior City. God bless you and